Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. What's going on, everyone? This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Today, once again, we're going to be having another show-and-tell episode. I think this is our 12th. Yay! I love show-and-tell. This is my favorite time on the podcast. If anyone's new to the podcast, show-and-tell is a series of episodes in which I pick 11 tracks... And Will picks 11 tracks, and we share them with each other. So Will's never heard my tracks. I've never heard his. Um, as far as he doesn't know what I'm playing, it's possible he would have heard some of these tracks before. But we have no idea what the other person is I mean, I know at least a couple of the sharing. ones you're doing. Yeah, I think one of the things we try to do, at least for some of our tracks, is to play something that is brand new on the podcast and that is brand new for the other person that they don't know. And it's fun to hear not only Will's reactions, but all of your reactions. Because um, this is just, uh, there's no theme. There's no, like, we're not doing desert music. We're not doing sonic music. We're we're just doing any kind of video game music, old, new, anything goes. So this is just such a blast. Yeah, anything in a game is pretty much fair game. Almost. I actually have one track that's not in a video game, but it's still related to video game music. Yeah, actually cut it out because that's not <laughs> acceptable. No, cool. So let's get right into it because these let's are kind of long playlists. So on this actually what you're hearing episodes. now is Will's first uh, pick. Yeah, this track is from Mario Kart 8, actually. Just released this year, just uh, about a month ago. Fantastic game. And uh, before that, if you remember the last show and tell, we played some tracks from this game because Carl and I were so excited for it. And it has a fantastic soundtrack. Uh, this track is called Mount Wario. And it's one of my favorites in the game. It features a lot of uh, real performances, um, including but not limited to uh, those saxophones you heard, that trumpet, and that violin, along with real percussion and electric bass and guitar so some really cool stuff it's a very different soundtrack for mario kart and definitely a well-needed step in the right direction for the series in my opinion but now we're going to be moving on to carl's first track of the day i'm really excited about this but these are long episodes so let's get to it let's do it i'm so excited uh nice job well on that play-in very fitting okay i'm excited i'm excited well the first track i'm gonna play today is from a game called gravity rush this came out in 2012 for the ps vita now, do you know anyone who has a PS Vita? I've actually never played uh, one before. I don't actually believe in them. I think they're fake. <laughs> you think they're mythical? I think they're a myth. Anyway, the PS Vita, this is a game called Gravity Rush, and it was composed by Kohei Tanaka. I'm going to play a really fun track called Pleasure Quarter. Um, it was between this track and another track. The other track I wanted to play was orchestral and really good. This one's a little bit more small ensemble, but I thought you'd really get a kick out of this. So this is Pleasure Quarter from Gravity Rush. Groovy stuff. You guys are just listening to Pleasure Quarter from Gravity Rush, composed by Kohei Tanaka. 
Such great performance. Man, This I'm, I was so happy when I found this. This is really right up my alley. Yeah, such uh, excellent production for... This is a Japanese composer. Yep, Japanese. Yeah, typically I feel like in a lot of Japanese video game music, it's not this kind of small, intimate mm-hmm. of a production sound. This is a yeah, very American jazz sound. One thing cool about this is this track is kind of a departure from a lot of the tracks in the game. A lot of the tracks That's I cool. listened to were orchestral, actually recorded orchestra, which is really beautiful. This composer just did a great job What's on this What's this game called? Gravity Jump? Gravity Rush oh, for cool. the PS Vita. And yeah, this track was kind of a departure. Um, and it, so much it's waste. Money. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, no, it's a standout track for me. Uh, when, I, when I found it, I was like, ooh, show and tell. I added it to my queue. Um, really wanted to start the episode off with this because I think this kind of just, you know, start things off on a good foot. But yeah, how about that violin and the muted trumpet? That combination of those two instruments is really cool. Yeah, such a um, very much a distinct sound. Uh, it's definitely sort of an existing production kind of element sound that yeah. I think this composer was going for and achieved. He really nailed Have it. Have you ever heard of Kohei Tanaka before? Uh, no. I, this is probably the third or fourth Tanaka video game composer yeah. that we featured on and I'm the sure program. there's about a hundred more that we don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously, the biggest one would be, you know, Kohei Tanaka. And <laughs> I, I can't think of any other ones. No. Yeah, so anyway, I thought that'd be a good first track. So I'm glad I got to share that. I think now it's time to move on to Will's pick. Cool. So yeah, the first one that I'm really playing uh, today is a track that um, I just kind of forgot about. Uh, it's from a game that's sort of a guilty pleasure of mine. Uh, the game is Star Fox Assault. And oh, wow. this was one of the first games I bought with my own money. I, I absolutely love Star Fox. And as a kid, it was like one of my favorite franchises. And uh, on the GameCube, I remember being really disappointed by Star Fox Adventures because it really wasn't a Star Fox game. In Star Fox Assault, I remember being so excited for it we rented it and you had no interest really in buying it because the game i wasn't a big fan it was it was hit or miss yeah objectively like the on land levels were kind of bad i still have a soft spot i like the flying on rail levels Uh, but but. i loved the game so much that i bought it and i remember spending so much time playing the multiplayer but the music is so cool because it's all orchestral fully early for an nintendo game every single track in the game fully orchestral crazy was so awesome, and I don't think I pr- appreciated it enough at the time. But what's cool is this game has great new music with an addition of some remixed old tunes, and the way in which they're remixed is really special. For example, the track I'm playing today is called Mission Briefing, and it's actually taking, a, to me, a little bit of a throwaway melody from Star Fox 64, the training mm-hmm, yeah. uh, music, which is fine, oh, but yeah, it's, I, just, it's nothing memorable by Hajim Wakai. But what I love about this is it really makes it into this elegant kind of militaristic thing. It's cool. wonderful. It's one of my favorite tracks in the game. So this This is Mission Briefing 1, composed by Yoshi Arakawa and Yashinori Kawamoto. Let's take a listen.
gorgeous. This piece is Mission Briefing 1 from Star Fox Assault. Carl was saying, he was joking while we were listening to it, why is this in Star Fox Assault? But I think the interesting thing... Who is demanding thing, an orchestral yeah, the Star thing Fox that we have to remember, Star Fox does make money, especially, um, it's one of the franchises, it's not like something like Metroid, which only makes money uh, in America, not really right. in Japan. Star Fox does pretty well um, on both sort of fronts. Uh, and, I mean, it's a classic Nintendo franchise. It's great. And the other thing is that this game wasn't made by Nintendo. It was made by Namco. That's a good point. So, and clearly, obviously, being the nature that some of the gameplay mechanical flaws, especially with the on-land levels where you sort of control more like a tank oh, it's terrible. than an actual character. But... Uh, that being said, they obviously cut corners in some of those areas, but this, and they this, had money um, to afford. Sounds afford. really good. This is what two thousand four. I want to yeah, say, man, this is a beautiful song. It, yeah. it's, I I did as soon as you play this, I was like, oh yeah, I think I remember that. Yeah, it, somehow in the training level, it's very wandering and just. It, this is the type of theme that it's really elegant and it's orchestrated in a very kind of educated way. Um, th- these two composers, I don't know if they orchestrated the game themselves or whoever did, but. It's just, it, it's a fantastic use of the orchestra, great performance, and this is a wonderful arrangement of that tune, because, yeah, to be honest, it takes a melody that, to me, is, like, completely forgettable and sure. makes something really beautiful out of it. That's awesome. Great pick, Will. Really interesting yeah, choice. One I'm of my favorites. we got to play another Assault track. It's been a long time since I've played anything from A lot of nostalgia for me with that game. Cool. Well, now this is another thing that I know that you've never heard, Will, so this will be cool. This is very obscure. Most people have never heard of this. This is from a game called Major Magnet, and I only knew about this because, Will, do you remember one of my favorite Sonic YouTube remixers, T. Lopez? Mm-hmm. He just has a great ear for production. He does those really nice modern addictive Sonic, drums. Yep, Sonic remixes. Or not addictive, superior drums. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and um, he did that really great Starlight Zone remix right, and right, stuff. Right. Um, this is a game that he did the music for recently. It's an iOS game. Um, I don't think it's very popular, but he did the music. Great music. And this guy... I don't know. His original music's really good and just has really a good ear for jazz chord changes in production. His VSTs that he uses, he gets so much love and energy out of it. It's just crazy. So this is a really cool track called Neon Utopia from Major Magnet composed by T. Lopez. Let's take a listen. Good lord, that is a catchy piece of music, folks. This is Neon Utopia from Major Magnet, composed by T. Lopez. I love this track. This jazzy chord changes right here with the really nice trumpets. Oh, this is beautiful. Just great modern video game music. If I was playing this iOS game, I would just have such a good time with this. You know, I was having a conversation with Marty today, and uh, this is kind of a loaded statement, but in my opinion, I kind of feel like 
in some ways, iPhone games are almost the worst thing that could happen to video game music. And you might think, well, no, it's like they're simpler games, so it's a throwback to an older style of composition, which I love. But at the same time, when you think about it, it seems like most people play iPhone games with the with sound, the sound off. off. And they get yeah. so accustomed to not only no music, but no sound effects whatsoever. Wow. And the thing that I think is destructive about that is to a lot of kids that are growing up now, these are kind of the games that they're playing. And if they're playing these games with no sound, mm -hmm. they have no introduction to like the function that music can play in these experiences. This is such a shame if no one were to hear this music, because this is such good um, mobile music. I mean, there's not a lot of yeah. kind of iOS games that have music that that's this good. Yeah, so I, I'm kind of torn about it because I feel like uh, if people listen to it with the music on, it's great, and I feel like it's like exactly what I'm looking for. But right. if people listen to it or people play these games with the sound off, you know, it really can be kind of destructive to the whole idea of game. Oh, that's score. an interesting point. But let's just talk about this piece. Um, the things that stood out to me were obviously kind of the jazzy chord changes, especially in that B section the really good samples and the way that he kind of finesses the samples for, for every single articulation and attack to feel like it's like performed is so impressive and just the really fun um, use of com combining cool synthesizers synth leads um, with like roads with like f with kind of fake drums with real trumpets uh, it's it's a really interesting uh, mixture of instruments yeah this guy sounds like he's really kind of a master of uh, music in the digital age yeah and I feel like he knows how to use virtual instruments how to use effective synths and have a very distinct sound but it gives the impression that he's working on like a million dollar budget. But he's also a great composer too. Yeah. And that's something I didn't really notice when I listened to all of his remixes obviously, but listening to his original music really like tasteful stuff. Yeah, much like a Jake Kaufman this sure. this guy, this fellow seems like he's uh, very much immersed in old school game music kind of jazz fusion-y sensibilities. Absolutely. Alright, so what's your next pick, Will? Well, my next track is from uh, another game that I just kind of overlooked. I remember being excited for this before it came out. Never played it, uh, but this is the video game for Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Oh, yeah, and this I remember. It's like this game came out and it was such a unique style at the time. Now, of course, we have all those and sort this, of the band who did this is yeah. so good. Yeah, that we have sort of uh, kind of the throwback, demake, eight bit style of games, and Scott Pilgrim seemed very unique when it was doing that. Now, I are don't you a fan? Of this band? Have you listened to a lot of their music? Yeah. Okay. So the band that Carl's referencing is called Anamanaguchi. So good. And they're really cool because they integrate video game uh, chiptune elements into their music in a very kind of organic way. It's really awesome. And it totally fits the vibe of Scott Pilgrim. If you've seen the Edgar Wright film, there are already so many nods and references. It's sort of like video games meet kind of punk rock. If anyone's ever listened the um, to the Nerdist podcast, with Chris Hardwick, the intro song on the Nerdist podcast is is by this band. Right. So I I guess I I never played the game because I just was so infatuated with the movie. I guess I just kind of forgot. Um, but the soundtrack is stellar and the game is really fun. So uh, this is a track called Another Winter from Scott Pilgrim versus the World, performed by Anamanaguchi and composed by Luke Silas. Peter Berkman, Ari Wernar, and James DeVito. And this game came out in 2010. Let's take a listen to Another Winter.
listening to Another Winter from the game Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Does this ever fit that the tone of that movie in this game? Yeah, wow. it's, it's so great. Again, it's uh, game music meets kind of punk rock. It's so cute. It's so fun. It rocks. It. What I like about it is it doesn't feel just like chip music. You're just like chip tunes. Um, but it also doesn't really evoke old school game music as much as um, yeah. you know a lot of these games do. It's one a very thing, nice, tasteful mix. One quote I heard from Anamanaguchi is that musically they're really not trying or they don't really think they ever really sound like video game music. They just happen to like, obviously, the sounds of those old chips. So the, the instruments are video game instruments, but the music itself, uh, they're just trying to make kind of nice pop rock music. Well, that's sort of a nice little ticket into getting that like nostalgia element, mm-hmm. um, which can very much help the music to be really likable. But yeah, this one I just found so catchy. I just like that kind of groove at the beginning. That da 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 Yeah, good call. Well, we've never played any Anamanaguchi, and I know that they've obviously they have you know standalone albums that aren't part of you know games. So I'm really glad that we got to play something on the podcast. Yeah. It's nice. It, it, in, in a way, it feels like familiar, but it's also, yeah, when you think about the context of this being a band, it's kind of different from. Yeah, there's another Anamanaguchi song that was really influential for Marty to write um, one of the songs in, the, in a band that me and Marty uh, have been in. I remember he listened to that and he was so like jazzed about it that he wrote a song that was kind of a similar type of a groove to it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's called Go Girl Go. And yeah, that's one of my favorite songs yeah, I've Marty's never heard written. that song. <laughs> Anyway, I think now it's time to move on to one of my picks. I'm going to play a track from Kirby's Dreamland 3 for the SNES, uh, a really late SNES game that has some of the best sounding samples I can think of. I love the sound set of Kirby's Dreamland 3, composed by John Ishikawa. Let's play a really cool track called Grassland 2. this track this has actually been in my head all week folks this is understandably grassland 2 from kirby's dreamland 3 oh my gosh it's so groovy i love how this section here really kind of adds some more mysterious chord changes because the first part is so simple uh, and in general this is a very slow simple song but i think it's really beautiful i'm oh a really gosh big fan yeah it's great i really love that b section very uh, much a departure from Kirby music, which is usually mm-hmm. very high energy, um, you know, very kind of bright. <laughs> yeah, one thing I love about Kirby's Dreamland 3, there's a lot of songs like this that are very different from what you've heard before in the series. I think this is one of my favorite Kirby soundtracks ever. I love Kirby's Dreamland 3. I'm yeah. a huge fan of this soundtrack. This is um, when I got that app that you showed me about that can play all Noises. kinds of chiptunes. Yeah, I, on my iPhone, this was the soundtrack that I played so much. I just, oh, I played this to death at work when I first got that app. But 
Yeah, no, um, there's so many good tracks we haven't played on the podcast from this. This was one of them that I wanted to play. This is between this, there's a couple. What's cool is, like, for example, Grassland. There's Grassland 1, 2, and 3, and all of them are based on this, kind of like a Koji Kondo idea, based on a similar melody, and they do different variations of it. Really cool stuff. Great pick, yeah. This is a really fun one. Yeah, great soundtrack that is, uh, I guess, often overlooked in the Nintendo catalog. So I'm going to be moving on to one that's sort of a modern day classic, and it kind of fits into the discussion we were having about iPhone games earlier. And actually, uh, I feel almost a little silly playing it, but also I'm surprised we've never played it because it's probably, I think it's like the numbers say it's like the best selling video game of all time. This is the theme from Angry Birds. Oh my gosh. Which is, you know, it's at this point, it's a phenomenon more than a game. That's so funny. We've never Um, played this. But it's a great theme. And the reason what got me to play it is uh, just a little insight into my life. I'm a tennis coach. I work with uh, little kids. And so sometimes I enjoy talking to them about, you know, like movies and games and music and what they're listening to. And there's this kid uh, who came up to me and he was wearing an Angry Birds shirt and we were just kind of talking and he was saying that he likes Angry Birds. And I was curious because I remember the theme song had sort of like a European flavor to it. And I remember it being really good and catchy, but I couldn't quite remember it. And so a test because I was also thinking, yeah, do kids really play yeah. with the sound on? I asked him, what, how does the Angry Birds theme song go? And he sang it back to me. Oh, and that's I, cool. I was very, I was happy because I'm like, well, if kids nowadays have to grow up with these iPhone games, at least there's still good music in the form of Angry Birds. So For we're sure. going to play the theme song from Angry Birds. It's so classic. Who composed this? Uh, it was a Finnish composer named Ari Pulkin. Okay. And uh, yeah, I mean, the game is Finnish, I think, as well. So let's take a listen to the main theme from Angry Birds. That's the theme from Angry Birds, as if you even need me to tell you. Obscure stuff here, Will. (laughs) It's, yeah, definitely one of the most popular tracks we've probably ever played. Honestly, uh, I read a quote from the composer because I was kind of interested. I'm like, why have we never played this? You know, this is such a classic. I think it's just... It's a blind spot of just like, oh, everybody knows this. Why would we play it? But mm-hmm. it's interesting because there are some cool things to talk about. But I, I saw a quote from the composer where he was just saying, you know, technically over 280 million people uh, listen to his song. So currently he's huh. like the most famous wow. composer in a sense. In some ways so he's the least it. famous because yeah. <laughs> like nobody yeah talks about this. But music the most like played on a critical yeah. level, I feel. Yeah, it's a great song. I think the intention behind it, I think, is because since in the game, it's very much like 
a methodical puzzle game. And so you can't have a lot of music behind it. It might be a little distracting. So I think he really needed something that could almost do all the work that most video game music does of being really catchy, but in like five to 10 seconds, because it needs to be something most people will only be on that screen once, but yeah. you want them humming it the rest I doubt, of the day. I would say about 99% of people who have ever played this game have probably never listened to the whole one minute and eight seconds of this song. Yeah. You know, I'm sure, but it, I mean, it's a great theme. Da, 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 da. It's kind of mysterious, a little bit goofy and demonic. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, later I on, it, it gets, for me, it gets a, a little bit kind of uh, muddy and a little bit random, but it definitely starts off very strong. And that's probably what most people will hear is just the first few seconds. Right. I was also impressed that this kid was able to sing it back to me. That is impressive. It's not a singable melody. No, so I knew no, that cool. it was definitely doing its job if it that was makes that memorable me smile to as well. like a six-year-old. Well, now I'm going to move on to a pick of mine. I'm going to play a track from Mega Man 9. A uh, track that we've never played. We haven't played much music from this game. Only about three or four tracks, I would say. This is one um, of my favorite soundtracks in oh the my last gosh. five years. Such a phenomenal soundtrack. So many really talented composers came together. Not as many as ten. Ten was like I don't know how many. I think nine is like a way better soundtrack. It is better, though. but um, not as many. Composers. That intro theme is one of the best themes in all of Mega Man. So this track I'm going to play is composed by Ryo Kawakami. And it's called Flash in the Dark, and it's Dr. Wily Stage 1 from Mega Man 9. Uh, let's take a listen. guys are listening to flash in the dark dr wily stage one from mega man 9 composed by ryo kawakami and such a classic sounding piece this really reminds me of takashi Tateshi's work in mega man 2 yeah the most unfortunate thing for this track is that it has to be called dr wily stage one because it's yeah that's one of the things where it's like oh <laughs> really fold my arms really? like you yeah, think yeah. you've got what it takes but it's a great it's a great piece, and it really lives up to its title. The only and thing I'm not a fan of, technically, do you have any idea what I'm about to say? No vibrato, almost at all. There's well, a lot there of are really when long. The, when the second duty cycle comes in with the delay, a little bit, it uses but there's so many long vibrato. sustained notes that have no vibrato, and I, I really don't understand why they did that. I think uh, it gives uh, a quality of like really old school NES sure. music, which sure. I think might be what they were going for a little bit. And also, I think a lot of uh, 8-bit composers do different things to try to... They, they think about the NES as being specific instruments. So with mm -hmm. a line, they'll try to think about it as like an instrument maybe that wouldn't use vibrato i mean Mega Man 2 doesn't always use vibrato i mean i That's used true. it i used it a lot in our project just because i love the hell out of using vibrato yeah the vibrato but... really comes in more in three three and up 
because one um, has some kind of really interesting like uh, like yeah, pulsating one uses sounds. like uh, actually like the most the the quickest velocity that you can have vibrato, but almost the like, lowest no frequency wavelength yeah. of it. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, I think it's time to move on to your pick, Will. Okay, so I'm going to play a track from Double Dragon. And this is a soundtrack that I thought we kind of really played everything worth playing. It's a very short game. Not a whole lot of uh, music in it. Yeah. All, all good music, but I kind of figured, oh, we covered that. But I was watching like a playthrough of this game, because it's really hard. I've never really gotten to the end of it. And uh, towards the end, there's this track that happens, which is so classic. I was like familiar with it, but I didn't know it was from Double Dragon. What I love about it, it has sort of a bluesy quality to it, and it almost has like a Takashi Dateshi quality. Like it's a really oh, cool. good I melody. I want to see if I remember this. It's a classic 8-bit theme. So we're going to take a listen to Secret Area 1 from Double Dragon, composed by Kazunaka Yamani. Let's take a listen. That's it. That's Secret Area One from Double Dragon. <laughs> what it's a so blast! Short. It's so cute. I love it. It's, it's so one of my favorites. quirky and weird. That I've never heard that. Well, yeah, NES. it's like I think he's really going for kind of like a performed thing by having the delay or just the note attacks happen right after each other. That's but it, it's a catchy. really neat effect. Yeah, weird. I don't remember this track when we looked on this for um, previous episodes. It's been a long time. I think we played an arcade version of the intro theme from this. Mm-hmm. And then I think we played one track. We played like the first stage that did it. There's also some other great music in this game. It's a really good soundtrack. It's one of those old NES gems. Short, uh, but sweet. A lot of good music, but I've kind of forgotten about this one because I'd never played this in the game. I'd only, like, heard it. I don't know how I heard it, but it's definitely very familiar to me. Uh, And I... I just oh, it was kind of one of those moments. It's like oh, these are one of the classics. Like we have to play this. At that's least an earworm. That's that's really interesting, dude. Yeah, it's it again. It's sort of in that kind of uh, chord language that feels very much uh, that just feels very much reminiscent of this whole era, late '80s, early NES music. Just the, yeah, you got the blues and jazz influence mixed in with some of the J-pop sensibilities, and this one is very distinct and catchy because of the rhythmic things that it plays around with. But the thing that really just reminds me of, like, I don't know, Punch Out or some kind of old NES game is the da da da. That sure. just really is like I know oh, what you mean classic. by some Takashi Dateshi. Yeah, yeah, I can't quite explain it, but mm-hmm. it's like it's not rocking or anything like Mega Man Two. But I guess I more mean like Takashi Dateshi's melodic and musical sensibilities. It just especially really the dun, 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 dun. Yeah. yeah, really cool, man. Uh, I think it's time to move on to a pick of mine. Now, this is the only track I mentioned it earlier that it's not in a video game. But one of the things that we do on this podcast is we play music that's related to video games. So, for example, you know, we've played music. Remember, guys, on our 100th episode, we played that really cool um, 
Jetsons track that inspired Ice Cap Zone. We've done stuff like that. This is a chip tune. So this is by um, oh, a chip tune. Oh, thank God. I thought you were going to play Kesha. No, this is a chip tune artist uh, and remixer by the name of Groove Master 303. He's done games before. He also does original music. You know, like we, you know, you guys, you know how we make our original albums too. Uh, so this is an original album sell out. by Groove Master 303 and J Red. And their album just came out, and it's called FM Micro Super Turbo Pocket Edition. <laughs> I think they're having fun with how many words they put together. So the yeah, problem with the translation a, from English to English. I think this guy is British. But yeah, this is a brand new chiptune album. In an episode I want to do next season, just for you guys know, it's a chiptunes episode where we just play non-video game music chiptunes. You know, like modern chip tuners, they're not in a game, but they're by these kind of amateur artists. Anyway, this is a really cool album. It's a Sega Genesis chiptune album, which is actually a genre of, of chiptunes I don't hear much of. You know, you hear so much NES Tracker stuff. Yeah, there's some guy who does like some Sonic albums or some shit. I don't know. It's stupid. <laughs> but anyway, uh, this is actually done with, you know, Yamaha hardware. Oh, it cool. sounds really authentic. This is a track called Run and Gun. Here we go. is badass this guy is pushing the boundaries of what sega genesis music can sound like wow and yet this is all technically possible on the genesis because this guy does provide a rom that you can actually play and it, it is possible it's crazy this sounds so advanced you guys are listening to run and gun from the album fm micro by Groovemaster 303 and j red this is really cool i like it it really is pushing the genesis of the boundaries I, I don't know anything about how to program music uh, for the Sega. I'm sure there are, like, trackers that exist. I'd love to get into that. I think, like, that would be super interesting. Oh, gosh. I'd love to do that, too. Yeah, this is insane. You don't hear a lot of that really fast arpeggiated stuff on Genesis with the PSG channels. You hear that, obviously, way more with, like, C64 or NES, but... I'm surprised why more Genesis composers didn't rely more heavily on the PSG like this track I think does. the other thing is, like, this is probably on the Genesis. It would take up, like, 100% of the right. processing power. Right. Um, this is so cool. So, though. like, sound effects. You know, if channels had to cut out on Guys, this, Guys, what did you think of that one part where it completely changed time signatures, and then it kind of slowly ramped back one up One thing again? I really liked is, like, the intentional cutouts. Like, a lot yeah. of times, like... 
when I'm making like NES music, I do things with fades to make it sound like instruments don't cut off digitally. But what's cool is this composer is doing such a good job of making it a full landscape. He when he purposely cuts all the instruments it's off, striking, it almost sounds yeah. like a digital like record skip or like you it know sounds somehow like techno it's like music. Uh, it's been like yeah. spliced. It's really interesting. It has like a cool digital. And there's effect. there's some other tracks on this album that are really kind of modern stereotypical dubstepy kind of as far as like he's doing dubstep elements on the genesis i'd it's like cool. to hear like the wah 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 bass with he like does the that. sonic bass <laughs> he, he does that kind of wah wah anyway i thought that was a cool choice that's pretty cool well i'm gonna play a track from fire emblem path of radiance this Ooh. was uh the gamecube fire emblem and this was i remember one of the better soundtracks that we yeah. looked at from the series and i thought it had a lot of similarities to the music of the super mario galaxy i don't know was if... path of radiance one you kind of had the duties of listening to yeah yeah okay. i remember, I remember we did like final cut approval we went through some of them together and this was probably on the list okay because uh, this is another one of my favorites but it was very similar to one that we ended up playing and i wanted to capture like this is a very diverse soundtrack so we ended up going with the one that goes so who composed this one again so there are actually uh, like uh, I think fifty three composers on this soundtrack. No, I'm just kidding. But there's quite a lot. So we have uh, Yoshito Hirano, Saki Hurayama, uh, Naoko Mitomi, Atsushi Yoshida, and Kanako Terame. And so yeah, there's a lot of composers for this game, but kind of a consistent uh, sound, very kind of orchestral and lively. And like I said, uh, when you listen to it, uh, notice it. Uh, to me, I thought it really sounds a lot like Mario Galaxy, just okay. in some of the chord moments and the melodic. Uh, flares, Let's check it out, man. Yeah. So this track is called "Victory United" from Fire Emblem: Path of Radiance. Victory United from Fire Emblem Path of Radiance, composed by all those difficult names that I just I need you to say them all again. No, please don't. (laughs) I'm leaving. Please don't. I really like this track. I mean, I... um I think the reason why we didn't play it is I thought the other ones were a little bit better. And because I hate it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm <laughs> no, just kidding. No, but what I what I like about it is... Uh, this reminds me of like a hundred different pieces of video game music. <laughs> yeah, I it's think that's so the thing. Cliche. It's very kind of familiar. Yeah. But it has a good melody it's for, good. for the most part. And yeah, I mean, all those kind of overindulgent chord moments, which are very familiar. But I mean, hey, if it ain't broke... Don't fix it. And I think this is this is one of those tracks. It's just kind of nice to get this off my chest because this is always one of the things like, oh, oh really? I kind of wish 
we could have played some of those other tracks from Path of Radiance or you know it's like as we go and we pick certain things and don't pick other things it's yeah. nice to kind of go back no, and say absolutely. Oh, what was that's that? that's what I do a lot for this these show and tells I like picking tracks you know from games that we've we've played some from but there's always ones that we you know for and whatever I, reason I just I like that initial climb that that's cool well, all right, folks, you know, you know, a lot of times on these show and tell episodes, we each have a track we like and we kind of do a rock, paper, scissors for track of the week. Not so this week. This week, it's unanimous. I actually called dibs on playing this wonderful music from this amazing soundtrack that God came out very recently. <laughs> and Will's very mad. But this is Shovel Knight. We're <laughs> so excited to share music from this soundtrack. This is a soundtrack composed primarily by Jake Kaufman. Yeah, the undisputed winner of yeah. today. Uh, so far, I think maybe the best soundtrack of the year. And Manami Matsume. Best soundtrack composed, of uh, the world yeah, ever. Best, uh, Manami Matsume composed two tracks in this soundtrack. And I was listening to a live podcast the night this soundtrack was released. And Jake was saying how he was so nervous working on the, the um, Family Tracker sequencing of her two tracks. And he yeah. was like, I probably spent like 10 times as long on those tracks yeah, because Manami crap. was going to hear my work, you know. And he did a great job. This is all VRC7 music, which is that kind of obscure Konami yeah, soundtrack. We talked about it a little bit on the Tim Turry episode, VRC7. But yeah, this 7. whole soundtrack is VRC7, and oh my gosh, is it lush. Such great chiptune music. We're going to play... The track of the week this week is called Strike the Earth, Planes of Passage. What I like first, about it, though... like, BGM. What I like about it, though, is he's using VRC7, but he's not actually using a lot of the advanced instrument sounds. Mm-hmm. He's basically just using it so that he can have more square channels. Yeah. It very much has an old school... It, to me, it reminds me of the aesthetic of the game, which is yeah. very much kind of like trying to give you the impression of like the games you grew up with but actually a little bit but better yeah, if, than would be possible. If anyone out there has yet to listen to the soundtrack, go and buy it right now. Buy Shovel it, Knight. You the can game get is it, the um, best game I've played The game's this whole great. Year. It's really fun but the, the you can go on Bandcamp and get it for I think anything. I think you name your price for this album. This is the first stage theme you hear in the game. It's Strike the Earth by Jake Kaufman. <laughs>
too good. Oh my gosh, that's great. It's such a payoff because it takes so long to get to that bridge section, but when it finally comes, you're so ready for a new section. This is rocking stuff. It has a little bit of a medieval influence with the chords, but oh my gosh, is this great. You guys are listening to Strike the Earth, composed by Jake Kaufman from the new game Shovel Knight. So good. I mean, seriously, like the, the music is incredible and I love it, but the thing is, by just playing the music, we're kind of like, there's a lot of games that uh, we play the music of with great tunes, but this game is honestly probably the best game I've played all year. It's If you're a fan of any games from the SNES or Super Nintendo, you like old games like Mega Man, Ninja Gaiden, you Castlevania. Mean the NES or Super Nintendo. I think you said SNES or Super Nintendo. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I just get really kind of <laughs> flustery with my words when I'm talking about No, this Shovel game Knight. is a blast. Uh, for me, Carl, it's, you still need to beat this game. It's pretty hard. I'm not good at old school NES side-scrollers like Mega Man. I'm, I'm actually not very good at those kind of games. And but, you hold so, a podcast. So this is hard for me, but I, I love this music. Oh my gosh, this is good. And yeah, this is the first stage. Probably the best track in the game. So yeah. Oh, I love I think, Shovel Knight. I think we got to move on. Oh. Now I have to play another track. I'll be playing another one from this, don't but worry. But it's okay, because I'm playing another track from Mario Kart 8. And this Ooh. is actually, I think this is probably my favorite track in the game. Okay. It doesn't feature a lot of live performers, but I just really love it. I think it's super catchy. It's a lot of fun. And I just, I, it's quirky, and I like it. Okay. Uh, I'm going to play sort of the haunted house level of the game. This oh, is called yeah. Twisted Mansion. And I'm going to read off these composers here. We have Shiho Fuji in the house. Atsuko Ashia, Ryo Nagamatsu, and Yasuka Iwata. This game came out for the Nintendo Wii U and was released uh, just a couple months ago, actually. So once again, we're listening to Twisted Mansion from Mario Kart 8. listening to Twisted Mansion from Mario Kart 8. Uh, yeah, I don't know why. I think this is just... I love that melody, and I kind of like that they captured the style that in the recent Mario games, how they've been doing the 3D levels with that kind of violin lead. It kind of reminds me a little bit of the track from Mario 3D World, or, you know, that classic yeah, this Haunted is, Mansion um, theme from The best Galaxy. haunted Mario Kart song ever since the original for Super Nintendo? I mean, it's so good. I mean, it may even be better. I mean, it that's be the hard best. to say. Yeah, really, most of them are just kind of ambient and creepy, and lately they've just been just terrible. But this one is so good. The interesting choice, Well, I was I expecting more big band you know, music from this game, because that's what a lot of it well, I is. I think we're going to feature enough music from this game in due time. We may even give it its own episode yeah, I think if we, we could do that. warrants it. Yeah. Uh, but my actually, honestly, my favorite stuff in this game are the remixes. To me, I think yeah. they put more effort and resources into like doing faithful remixes of the old tracks, 
rather than uh, some of the new music actually doesn't feature a lot of that's true real performers there's some of it that is just I like using uh, kind of sunshine VFTs. airport a lot that's a sunshine good airport is really great like I, I i don't know i think of that one as kind of like an idealistic 1950s future like it's very perfect yeah. and clean one of my favorite ones is that like what's it called it's like sweet land or cookie country or whatever my the favorite one that dun, 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 my dun, favorite dun, 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 dun. um racing track is wario mountain or whatever yeah that's called. the one that i played in with oh my gosh yeah that's such a great it's just one long track it's beautiful. like a ski hill cool well this is fun i'm gonna play a track that's kind of humorous this is kind of a funny track um it's a good piece of music and i like it but um it kind of reminds me do you guys remember in that one donkey kong country track where they or it might have actually been like dr mario or something where they have that ooh, ooh, ah, ooh, 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 ah. like they have like the monkey instrument there's i can't remember what snes game oh, that's has totally that. like donkey kong country no but they also do that in um in some sort of other like dr mario there's some other game where they do that but oh dr mario goes yeah (laughs) exactly so so anyway it's kind of like that as far as having an instrument that's really silly but this is a cool piece of music it's from a game called crystal beans for the super famicom and it was composed by let's take a listen here we have yoshio tsuro jun takama and takasa masuko and we are going to play, or I, ooh, I, not we, I am going to play a track called Cursed Tree. Obviously, I'm talking about that instrument there. What's funny is this game is called Crystal Beans. That's exactly what I think of when I think of that instrument. It's a crystal bean. That's what that instrument is. It's these beans <laughs> jumping, cute. these crystal beans. You guys listening to Cursed Tree. I love this track. Reminds me of Chrono Trigger. Yeah, it actually is part of me. I don't know why I keep thinking of M. Bison stage from Street Fighter 2. I think it ah. uses uh, the lead instrument and in addition with that gong. Both remind me of What do you M. think Bison. of the melodies on this track, though? Really pretty, really beautiful. I was kind of just zoning out thinking about M. Bison, but... Those crystal beans are hilarious. Yeah, I really like I like that you call them crystal <laughs> beans. And then this part, they finally cut out. It's like, ooh, we get a break. We get a reprieve from those. But yeah, what they come... these are the crystal beans, though? <laughs> I mean, you don't know. No, this, this is a pretty cool track from a fairly obscure game. 
Okay, well, this next one, I'm really glad I found it. It it took, uh, it actually, I, I don't know, I've kind of been looking for a clean version of the soundtrack for years. I remember wanting to play this on one of the earliest show and tells, well, no and way. I could never find a clean soundtrack, but this is one of my favorite video games. Uh, this is, I finally found the main theme from Wing Commander 3. No way, that's Marty awesome. reminded me about this game um, earlier this week. He was telling me, he's like, oh, what about Wing Commander 3? I'm like, oh, I should look again and again i went on youtube there's no like clean versions of it but they had a clip of the opening titles and i saw uh the name of the man who did the music his name is george oldsey and i was able to find his website where he shows like the different uh projects that he's worked on and under wing commander 3 he has a clean version of the opening title so i was really happy to find this track it's a fantastic melody in both wing commander 3 and 4 some of my favorite games they they're just sort of ambitious and unique yeah, in who, all of games who's the composer on this his name is george oldsey okay because i know fat man did i think the first wing commander yeah yeah but yeah. three and four I, I think are undoubtedly the best entries in the series and they feature some really big name actors for a video game and it's the interesting technology of having you know filmed aspects mixed with digital ones but it has mark hamill john reese davies tom wilson yeah. and malcolm mcdowell I yeah mean, it's, it's a great all-star cast and some of the some of my favorite video game experiences well, but let's, let's yeah, play this theme is fantastic so this is the main titles from wing commander 3 this should really take you back if you grew up with these games Listening to the main titles from Wing Commander 3, composed by George Oldsey. Oh, so many great motifs that he introduces in this piece of music, and they're used throughout the entire game because the game is probably. Uh, the most cinematic game. It's the most like a film. It has a very elaborate plot. Uh, really cool uh, yeah, good, for its time. Good but. choice. Well, I completely forgot about this theme. I remember this, obviously, from back when Marty used to play this game a lot. And I love this great game. Great theme. It's fantastic. 
obvious uh, he Star also Wars did, influence in some of the brass Yeah, I mean, writing. we really owe a lot to John Williams, don't we? <laughs> but uh, he also did Wing Commander 4, which also has a really good soundtrack. But some super exciting news about this soundtrack. The composer uh, recently released a Kickstarter for an orchestral re-release of Wing Commander music. Oh my so gosh. So if you go on Kickstarter, if, if you type in George Oldzie, O-L-D-Z-I-E-Y, or just type in Wing Commander orchestral music, you'll find the Kickstarter for it. That's it's awesome, It's already dude. raised like 46000 Oh, wow. Um, How much does he need? I think he wanted like thirty-two, so it's oh, already exceeded, great. but I, I want to give just, more money to it. Not just music he composed. Is there any Fat Man I stuff mean, maybe I hope, too? I, I would love if it's just his music because okay. I... To be honest, I mean, my favorite stuff from Wing Commander is 3 and 4. And I think okay. that's probably more what he's talking about. Because I don't do, think he's who like... Who did 2? He didn't do 2, did he? 2 was probably also Fat Man. Because okay. those were the two old computer ones. But these were the ones that were more like films that he... No, that's scored. great to hear. I mean, there's a, obviously a lot of fans of those of those series and of that music. So that's cool. And yeah, It's, it's kind of sad. It's like I, at the time when it came out, I think this game was also released on the 3DO. But it was kind of like... I think a lot of people thought this would be the future of games with this sort of full motion video thing. they definitely poured so much money. Money into yeah, these and what's kind of sad is they're especially the fourth one like has such high production. And they values, definitely but... didn't sell enough. But what I think is kind of sad is that um, well, I think most games use this kind of style in a gimmick, um, and it's kind of we've moved past it. But Wing Commander was the one series where they really it was kind of like uncharted territory, and it's kind of yeah. sad to see it die because. I mean, two of my favorite games, three and four, excellent stories and just really fun games. With cool. Them. You get to be Luke Skywalker, man. I mean, that's so yeah. awesome. Mark Hamill. I think now I'm going to play a track of mine. And this was brought to my attention by one of our fans. I, I think Goku is what he goes by. Definitely not his real name. He brought Are you this into song. Dragon Ball Z, Carl? <laughs> yeah. This song is from Skullgirls Encore, and it's composed by Machiro Yamani. Uh, it's, a, it's a really new Machiro track that he brought to our attention. Really cool track. It's called Royal Canopy Waltz from Skullgirls Encore. Piece of music. You're listening to Royal Canopy Waltz. This is composed by Machiro Yamani from Skullgirls Encore. Um, yeah, the original Skullgirls I checked out that soundtrack has some really good tracks by Machiro Yamani. But this is a beautiful piece of music. It's kind of tragic. What do you What do you think about this, Will? Yeah, I mean, I love waltzes. It's uh, one of my favorite uh, <laughs> little facets of music. Uh, there's so many great waltzes. But yeah, this Can is. Can you hear this? Very kind of distinct. Harkening back to that classic. I can't remember the name of this um, classic piece of music right there. I think we may have played this on our Inspirations and Influences, but anyway, I can't, I can't remember. But yeah, what do you think about this track? 
I think it's really pretty. Yeah, very kind of dark and emotional. Really like it. I do as well. All right, Good your turn. Choice, so next I'm going to play a Final Fantasy track. When we did our Final Fantasy part two episode uh probably a couple months back i really had a great time listening back to the snes soundtracks those are really my favorite final fantasy things and uh the fourth one might be my favorite final fantasy soundtrack i really like it there's so much great music and this was a theme that i really wanted to play we just didn't have enough tracks to do but it was probably the one that i was the most intrigued by because it um it captures sort of the thing that we talk about with koji kondo about making an arpeggio into a melody in and of itself Mm -hmm. and this is a track where it's only one note at a time it's completely based on arpeggio but it's so beautiful and he really it's the a perfect example of an economy of notes and uimatsu really just knows how to craft this arpeggio in the right way so so i'm going to play a track called melody of the lute from final fantasy 4 let's take a listen beautiful this is melody of the lute composed by nobuo uematsu it's gorgeous man i really love it i I just think it's so gorgeous i love you know it's that theory behind it where the top note we kind of perceive as the melody and all the chord tones are sort of in the ascending arpeggio Mm -hmm. but honestly when you look at it it, you could look at it that way or you could also look at it is that each individual note is uh one interconnected melody and i i kind of like to think of it both ways i mean koji kondo has a lot of examples where he uses arpeggios in his melodies like the fairy fountain theme or the password theme from the original zelda but i i don't know i just absolutely loved this one it was a shame good choice man get to play it but good good. choice very unique pick all right i'm gonna move on to another track from shovel knight this is my second favorite track in the game i think this is will's also second favorite this is la danse macabre also known as Leech Yard from Shovel Knight. This is such a cool track, a little bit mystery, a little bit kind of Castlevania influence here. This is by Jay Kaufman. Here we go.
listening to La Danse Macabre, Lich Yard, composed by Jake Kaufman from Shovel Knight. You can't speak French. Shame. <laughs> How would you pronounce this? I thought I didn't know if that was French. I, I mean, all I Lich know. Lich Yard? What's, I, that kind of sounds like German. Lich, Lich Yard. I don't know. Whatever it is, it's definitely some European yang. It's definitely a European language, but it's not macabre. Even in English, we just say macabre. Yeah. Oh, I love this one. This is probably my second favorite track from the so game. So beautiful. Really oh good. Gosh. The melodies in you this know what's, game what are I, just unparalleled. What I find funny about this soundtrack is Manami Matsume has great tracks, mm-hmm. but they're not as good as Jay Kaufman's tracks. Like, the best tracks in the game are all Kaufman tracks. Well, I guess I would say... I, th- I This part is rocking. I love this part. Definitely the number three spot would probably go to one of the Manamis, whether it's either... Whether, Probably the underwater one. I think that's uh, yeah, slightly better. I don't know. I really like the Plague Knight. Um, and what's the underwater Treasure Knight? I like both of them. Those are great. Yeah, I mean, it's just such a it's such a stacked soundtrack. But yeah, I think we should probably move on for the sake of time. Oh gosh, so good. I wish we could just play Shovel Knight all day. Uh, but I have sort of a cool track. This one came recommended uh, to me from Marty. Uh, this is from a game that he played, I think, on his iPhone. Uh, but it's a really cool soundtrack. The game is called Super Brothers Sword and Sorcery. And I like it because sorcery is spelled like kind of how sword has the silent W. That made me laugh. But Oh, cool. Uh, this Sorcery. Yeah, the game is really cool. It has sort of an interesting... Uh, pixely aesthetic but not in the sort of traditional way that we have a lot of games mm-hmm. in the 8-bit style uh this track is called lone star and the composer is jim guthrie let's take a listen to this really beautiful melody so cool this track Lone Star from Sword and Sorcery uh, Carl and I both had the same experience while <laughs> listening to it again <laughs> is that both of us think it reminds us of something that Carl would write Yeah, uh, just the melody I totally had that experience when I was listening to this track for the first time and Carl yeah. did when Mind hearing something it just I would now. do yeah yeah it's funny this came recommended to me from Marty but this it actually cool. reminds me of a Carl track yeah, I really, really like the production yeah really pretty it reminds me of sort of the Bastion kind of style of having I wonder if he was influenced at all by Darren Korb yeah I don't know this game came out in 2011 so I don't know the years behind all that but very cool no nice pick I I enjoyed that a lot all right it's time to move on to the last track I'm going to play in earnest here 
This is from Castlevania Portrait of Ruin for the DS. I'm going to play another Machir Yamani track because I was so kind of on that Yamani kick from the Skullgirls track. This is a track that the music was originally actually in Bloodlines, and she re- did a remix for this game, so I'm playing kind of a cool remix. It's called Iron Blue Intention. I think oh. it was stage four from Bloodlines, which we've never played, and obviously we've never played this. So let's take a listen to Iron Blue Intention from Portrait of Ruin. love the way that melody starts at dun 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 it's such a unique melody this is composed by Machir Yamani from Portrait of Ruin you're listening to Iron Blue Intention I'm a really big fan of this melody it was funny I was listening to the soundtrack and this was such a standout track it wasn't until later I realized this was actually featured in Bloodlines I did a little bit of research because I was like this is so good and it was such a standout track in the soundtrack this has to be from an earlier Castlevania game and sure enough I was right it was it was one that she composed it was one she composed yeah. yeah Really cool. I like these DS soundtracks because they're usually shared between her and another composer. Uh There's another one that I think Yuzo helped with. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the DS games are really cool, especially if you're a fan of Symphony of the Night and that kind of gameplay style of 2D Castlevania. What are your thoughts on the soundtracks? of the DS eras. I think they're pretty good. I Again, it's three or four. I, honestly, it's like my feelings of the games where it's like there's a lot of people who really like it and are kind of into it, but to be honest for me, Castlevania is at the best on the NES. Like Oh sure. I really like old school Castlevania. I like the music better. I like the simplicity of the gameplay. I like my Castlevania's linear um I I love Super Metroid, so the fact that those later mm-hmm. games are kind of like that are cool. But I also not a big fan it's of like a RPGs. Poor man's Super Metroid. Yeah, and the, those games all have kind of RPG mechanics as far well, yeah, as the just, weapons and everything. It'd be fun to have a Castlevania and track. I like Super Metroid because I feel like immersed in an alien world, not because I'm in like Dracula's castle. I don't I don't yeah. really care as much about that. I just like Castlevania for the game, and it felt really like. I don't know. The original Castlevania is so tongue-in-cheek, and the music is very much playing to that. So mm-hmm. I think that's what I like. I really series, just get but... a kick out of how Machir Yamani is able to consistently keep that Castlevania vibe going and keep it fresh. You know, it doesn't yeah. sound I like, like she's that she is sort of the linkage recycling. to the old-school Castlevania. So, well, I think it's time to play your last pick. Yeah, the last one I'm playing is from a Sega Genesis game called Ooh. Ristar. Oh, nice. I love this soundtrack. Yeah, Ristar is one of the best games on the Genesis. It's a really kind of fun platformer. Have um, we played 
played a track from this? I don't think we played anything from Ristar, uh, but this is one that I've been wanting to play for a while, but it's just kind of quiet and backgroundy. I didn't have a whole lot to say about it, so I wanted to wait for a time in the episode where mm-hmm. this could be, you know, the last track that sure. we would play, but not necessarily talk about. So we're going to play the ending from Ristar, uh, composed by Tomoko Sasaki. This is ending two from Ristar, the shooting star. Thanks so much, guys, for joining us today for Show and Tell 12. This I can't believe the 12th time we've done this really fun series on the podcast. I had a great time. I was so glad and so excited to introduce Shovel Knight on the podcast. It's something that I know very soon we're probably going to have a spotlight on that soundtrack. We were so excited for that coming out. Such and a treat to have a soundtrack nowadays that really captures the essence of everything we love about old school. For me, it means so much to, to see Jay Kaufman collaborating with Manami Matsume. What a dream that so must have been cool. for him uh two people coming from different parts of the world different generations he being so influenced by her music people to collaborate with her having jake kaufman you know that he's someone who really appreciates Mm -hmm. her music and his music inspired by hearing his music side by side with hers is a match made in heaven um so yeah we had a great time Thanks for joining us, guys. Yeah, absolutely. These are really fun. Uh, look forward to next week. We're going to be doing a spotlight on The Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. Wow. my f- One of my favorite video games. Probably my favorite game soundtrack of all time. This is one gonna of the best. going to be a blast. So, it's <laughs> so we'll play a couple tracks yeah, from it. It's, it's yeah. high time that we spotlight this episode. No, uh, Will's very excited. Yeah. And I'm really excited, too. I can't too. wait to do it. It's going to be great. Well, I'm going to play you guys out with a track from Mario Party. This is Move to the Mambo, composed by Yasuo. Asanori Mitsuda for the 64. Thanks so much for joining us. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm Will Brueggemann. Have a great week and bye, Shovel Knight. Peace out. Mm-hmm.